So I got a, uh, a new car uh, about a month ago, and uh, it came, it comes with uh, three free months of uh, satellite radio. Uh, I've had satellite on and off over the years. Sometimes I'll, I'll keep it, and then it's like, ah, it's, I'm not really, it's not worth it, and then I'll, I'll get it again. Uh, anyway, I have for three months, so certainly, certainly gonna take advantage of that. Uh, I was programming stations into the, the new radio, like the preset buttons. Uh, the radio, I think it allows 20 or 25 of these presets. So I was kind of going through the menu of stations, satellite stations, and uh, I already knew the top few. They're just the stations that I, I, I go to most often. So they made the first, whatever, five or six on the, on the dial. Uh, you know, I like the 60s station, I like the 70s station, Springsteen, uh, Margaritaville, Jimmy Buffett station, this Billy Joel station temporarily right now, I got that. Uh, I don't know, one or two country stations. Um, for me, that's kind of about it. Um, there's so many more channels, right? Um, and, I, and, I, and I'm only really interested in maybe a third of these preset buttons. Um, it's kind of sad, I don't, I'm not very eclectic uh, when it comes to music. But I had these remaining ones, so I, I kind of went through the menu and I was like, all right, there's a, a Beatles station, Frank Sinatra did that, Catholic Channel, uh, I gotta do that one, right? So I put that one in, and there's a Grateful Dead one, YouTube Channel, Elvis Channel, so I kind of punched, programmed them all in. Um, they're all programmed, um, but I rarely go to them in, in all reality. It's nice to have them. But way more than not, I go to the first seven or eight channels um, because I like them the most. I mean, this isn't rocket science. Uh, they kind of speak to me more than the other stations. They're like my go-to presets. And that's me, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not super open-minded open musically. Um, I know people who really are. I wish I was. People who are very eclectic. They love hearing different types and genres of music. Um, I'm just not so much that way with music. That's music. Let's shift it now a bit and talk about something else, someone else. How about if we were talking about Jesus? Back during the summer, one of the Gospels, one Sunday, was uh, where Jesus asks the apostles, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Messiah. It's like bells go off. He got it right. Peter, I'll build my church on you. But the question, who do you say that I am? It's a great one. It's one that we should never stop asking. And Well, stop answering, trying to answer. What would you say? to that question, who do you say Jesus is? And what examples would you give to kind of justify what you just said? So go back to the, the car radio thing for a minute. Say you've got 20 preset buttons. 
And they're all Jesus channels. What would they be? And I don't, mean, I don't even mean music. I'm not talking Jesus music. I'm talking the person of Jesus. Every button is a Jesus station. So what would the presets be? Well, let's say one of them is Jesus the miracle worker, bam. And maybe you'd listen, when you hit that, you'd listen to the miracle stories. Jesus as mercy, you get stories of Jesus just being incredibly merciful. Jesus as hospitable, Jesus as welcoming, Jesus as inviting. Jesus the storyteller, all parables, you get to listen to those. Jesus as priest, sacraments. Jesus as the lamb, stories of like a gentle Jesus. Jesus as, as a lion, stories where he's you know, bold and decisive. We could keep going. Could be way more than 25 buttons. Because they're all true. All of those things I just mentioned are totally legit, right? He's all those things. So there'd be certain ones that you couldn't have. Like there could not be a station that was uh, Jesus the liar, Jesus the, uh, the betrayer, like, because that wasn't Jesus. But those other ones are completely valid because they're true. We know of that from scripture. Here's a question. What would your first seven or eight buttons look like? What would your, your go-to images, what are your go-to images of Jesus? Certain radio stations I go to way more than the others because I just like the music. The images of Jesus, the messages of Jesus, which and what are your go-to buttons? And here's another question. Are there some that you never really go to? They'll be like, like 23, 24, and 25. Like, yeah, I put them there. But I just, I'm not, I just not interested. It's like me with some of those radio stations. We go to what we like, don't we? We go most of the time to what makes us feel good, right? We do that with most things. That's kind of normal. Here's the problem, I think. When we do that with Jesus, then we run into trouble because we put him in a box. We limit him. It's only the Jesus that we like. It's only the Jesus that makes us feel good. I mean, look at tonight's gospel. The first words. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, and then he tells this parable, and he blows them up, the chief priests and the elders. It's a total indictment of the religious leadership. In the parable, it says, the tenants then beat, killed, and stoned the servants who were the messengers. 
Well, he's describing the chief priest and the elders. It's never completely in your face, but you don't have to be a genius to figure it out. They knew he was talking about them. He's calling them out. And he was dead within a week. Good Friday happened less than a week later. This parable was told when he entered Jerusalem. That's like uh, Palm Sunday. By the following, by the next Friday, he's dead. Don't you think there was probably a connection with the timing? So one more time, this Jesus radio thing. What do your go-to presets look like? Do any of them, here's my question, do any of them sound like this Jesus in this parable? It should. It shouldn't all be Jesus makes me feel good all the time. Most of the time, without question, not always. You know, I, uh, I read... Uh, I was reading this book a couple of months ago, and I talked about it up here. It was this uh, biography of this Protestant uh, uh, pastor, theologian, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was from Germany, 1930s. He was uh, ultimately executed by the Nazis in 1945 for speaking out against the Nazis. Most of the church remained silent during those terrible years. They were afraid. Like, I mean, how, how could you not be afraid? Um, everybody was afraid. Bonhoeffer was afraid, but it didn't stop him from speaking out against this godless, evil philosophy. This silent church thing, the church that was quiet and afraid, like, that hit me personally when I was reading about that. I asked myself, like, a lot is our church being too silent? Our church today, clearly it was then. But how about today? Yeah, I know it's not Nazi Germany, but in a lot of ways it's not good. It's not of God. So I was asking myself as a priest, do I challenge enough these tough to hear Jesus channels. Do I have them all like at 23, 4, and 25 on the dial? And so in other words, I can never really talk about the difficult Jesus. So I started to a couple of times over the last couple of months. And I gave examples of, I think, a culture that's kind of gone off the rails talked about a hockey, an NHL hockey player who in June during Pride Month, he refused to wear a, a rainbow jersey, uh, a warm-up jersey. I think it was the Flyers. They were going to go out and, uh, you know, before the game started, they were going to wear a, a rainbow jersey to be in solidarity with the uh, LGBT community. And this guy's a Christian, and he just said, I'm, I'm not going to do that. In fact, he said, I'm not going to come out with a, a regular jersey. I just won't come out. I won't, I'll stay in. I won't come out for a warm-up. 
And people went wild because they called him he was a hater. And I, and I held him up as a, an example of someone who was being courageous. He said that he, he talked about his faith and the importance of his faith in his life and he was like, I'm just, I can't do that. We should honor that. I talked about some of what's going on in the schools, especially the lower grades, some of this woke kind of craziness. Little kids being taught about sexuality, like first grade. Parents' rights sort of being seemingly maybe taken away in these matters. I talked about our Catholic school and how like we wouldn't allow that ever to enter the walls of the school. Talked, just recently I was talking about cancel culture, how it's just, it's so anti-mercy. There's no, there's no second chances. Like, you make a mistake, you're done. Like, that's just so not Christian, and it's becoming so much of the norm. Well, anyway, you know, a number of times now I've, I've spoken to this. And then, in all honesty, the, the vast majority response has been very positive, very kind of grateful. But some people have been enraged by what I've spoken about. Um, emails, phone messages, I'm leaving the parish, I'm calling the bishop. This is why people don't go to church anymore. Some really like harsh, ugly, kind of shocking stuff. And again, that was a minority, it really was. But I don't like enraging people. <laughs> I mean, that upsets me to, to think that I upset someone that much, that they would speak in such sort of hostile ways. I don't like that. But I went back to this Bonhoeffer thing. So I'm like, but we can't be silent. And it's not just me. I mean, all of us as people of faith, we can't be a a silent church. It's interesting that the, the people's perception of church and Jesus I'll read a little bit of a couple of emails. Very, and these weren't really, really ugly ones. They were negative, but not, not ugly. I understand that you're not happy with the whole woke movement, but I always thought that Jesus taught us to love one another. Yes, he did. Of course he did. Loving one another, that would probably be the first preset button. It should be, because he talked most about that. I also thought the church was supposed to be a safe place. Maybe I need to find a new parish to worship in. Oh, you mean like a parish that's always comfortable? And never challenging? Like is, is that the church you want? How about this parable? To this person who sent this, like, how about tonight's parable? What do you do with tonight's parable? Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. He knew it wouldn't end well. He knew it was gonna upset these people, but he couldn't remain silent. What, what, people who see the church as never rocking the boat, like, where where did that come from? 
Here's another one. I'm a recovering Catholic, and this is why. Some of the stuff we've been saying, I've been saying, absolutely pathetic. Whatever happened to inclusion and acceptance? A lot of that sentiment, a church that includes all and accepts all, accepts everything. Nothing happened to that church. It's just not the only thing Jesus taught. I think that the person who sent this thinks, you know, the only thing Jesus taught was inclusion and acceptance. I guess he missed this parable. He challenged people. Jesus didn't die of old age in a nursing home. We know that. We know how and why he died. He was silenced. He was canceled for a while. People just didn't want to hear what he had to say. You know, if we're never, if we're never challenged by our church, find a new one, because it's just not legit. And if you're always being yelled at and never affirmed by your church, find a new one, because it shouldn't always be about that. I think it's about this radio station preset thing our go-to buttons. We go where we're affirmed. We go where we're loved. We go where we're most comfortable. I get it. We should. With music, that's fine. With Jesus, it's not. We also have to go, we must go to where it's uncomfortable. Jesus uncomfortable.